Hello, Dale Partridge here. You're listening to an episode from the Real Christianity Archive. Veronica and I originally began this podcast under the name Ultimate Marriage as a resource for our online marriage mentor program found at ultimatemarriage.com. While our marriage program is still a critical part of our ministry, after about 30 episodes, we decided to change the name of this podcast to Real Christianity as a way to widen the scope of our biblical content. That said, these are some of our most popular episodes, so please enjoy and stay with us on the journey to bring the church back to the Bible. Today, we are talking about setting biblical boundaries for movies, media, and music. Yeah, so we're we're going to talk about this. I think the main section is going to be talking about movies and shows because that's kind of the biggest way that people consume media outside of social media. This isn't a conversation about social media that much. It's really a conversation about what are we entertained by? What do we allow in our homes? Um, what are we going to unify on what we allow on? Because that's generally different in almost every marriage that we've seen is that, you know, the guy might be more comfortable with this, the girl isn't comfortable with that, and there's this battle that we get um, of, you know, wh- what what is good, what is what is not good, what is sinful to watch, what is not sinful to watch, what are you comfortable with, what are you not comfortable with? How do we deal with those things in our marriage? Um, anything to say on that? I think that, um, you know, we've had this struggle over the years, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is something that we've you know, Veronica doesn't like something that I'm like, oh, okay, I think that's okay. Or I like something and she doesn't think that it's okay. And so there's, um, we've had these conversations. This is a very real conversation for our marriage and a journey that we've even been through. Um, so how does this apply to marriage? I'm assuming you've had conversations about this. Media is a big part of the modern life, you know, from your phone, from your TV shows, from your movies, from the music that you listen to. I think we're mostly consuming media much of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we jump in um, to the conversation, again, this is a podcast that's available on YouTube. It's also available on Spotify and uh, Google Play and Stitcher. And if you guys want to listen to that, you can also leave a review on the iTunes store. That'd be hugely helpful for us. We actually have uh, uh, iTunes has an algorithm that really uh, it extends the um, presenting of the show to new people based off of how many reviews it has. So if you guys, the more reviews you leave, you just have to tap the stars. You don't even need to write anything. Um, and that would really help the exposure of the show. Uh, the last thing I'm going to mention before we start is if you guys are interested in coming into our six-week program, uh, we've changed it from a 12-month program. We, then we thought about doing a 12-week program. And then we realized, I think we're going to just do it as a six-week program, which is a uh, ultimate marriage m- marriage mentorship program, training you how to have a godly marriage. And so if you're interested in doing that, just go to ultimatemarriage.com forward slash notify. Um, okay. I love movies and Veronica doesn't. <laughs> Share your story about movies. Like, what, How do you view movies? I feel like it's a waste of my time. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather be productive in cleaning my home or getting laundry done or hanging out with a friend, having a meaningful conversation than sitting down watching a movie. And you would think that would be like how I think about it because I'm the guy that likes to do, you know, the teach and the study and all those things. Yeah. But I'd, movies are a relaxing way for my brain. For you, it's like the only way to shut your brain off. Yeah. Is to be entertained somewhere else. <laughs> to be zoned out or something by watching a movie. Um, yeah. 
where my form of relaxation is like taking a nap and just laying down or resting. Yeah. Not watching a movie. Yeah. So we've, you know, now Veronica doesn't No, don't hate- get me wrong. Yeah, there's, there's movies here and there that'll come up that I like, but for the most part, I'm very rarely interested in watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. There's a handful of movies that Veronica likes and we'll watch those sporadically through the year or every Usually other just year. Usually sick. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. if it's, you know, we've been cooped up inside because of winter for too long. Yeah. But- or you're in labor. Or hey, yeah, I do watch movies when I'm in labor. Yeah, that's that's another place that we'll I'll finally get her to sit down and and enjoy a movie for a little bit, take her <laughs> mind off of that. Um, yeah, I love movies. I love you know my favorite movie is probably The Count of Monte Cristo, um, uh, with Jim Cav- uh, Caviezel. I think is his name. He's in that movie. He's the guy that played Jesus, so it's super holy. Um, Back to the Future <laughs> trilogy. That's probably again one of my all-time favorite. I love the Back to the Future trilogy. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. I just finished watching Operation Finale, um, which is uh, a really cool story about the um, outcomings of World War II. And um, but but don't get me wrong, I actually don't watch movies that much. I, I used to, mm-hmm. but I watch a couple movies a year. I think yeah. Once we start having kids, it's just impossible to watch a movie without an interruption or if the kids are asleep we fall asleep before the movie can yeah so like tired yeah if i'm sick that's when i get a chance to watch a movie Mm -hmm. or if i like and just totally need to go have a rest day i might put on a movie but movies aren't a part of our weekly activity that's not something that we do as a family um and neither are tv shows um you know we'll watch some everybody loves raymond as you guys know if that's a funny joke for our our uh We've been watching it for so many years. But even like then... Just Dale and I, to be clear. Yeah, yeah we're not watching it with the kids. But the <laughs> idea is that we still don't watch a lot of TV shows. We haven't watched a modern TV show in years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just not something that we do in our home. And the kids aren't watching modern movies and modern TV shows really much either. And so this is a conversation of how we've kind of come to the people that we are with entertainment and media. And it has been a journey um, to get to this to, to this place. Um, and, you know, TV consumes more and more of you um, once you start watching it and you start to feel like it belongs. And mm-hmm. that if you, if you don't have it, um, you, you don't know how you'd get along without it. And that, that's when it starts to take a place in your heart and in your mind and in your day that really should only be taken by God or your family. And so TV in general, media in general does absolutely steal a portion of your life. That it basically it turns into an idol. It does. Yeah. yeah. So how should we determine what is appropriate to watch or to listen to in our homes? Um, Dale and I get questions all the time, emailed to us, written to us on Instagram, wherever, um, from wives usually asking what they should do when their husbands insist on watching a movie or a show that has some type of sexual content or nude, nudity cursing, killing, just lewd and vulgar. vulgar yeah. um, so how do you follow biblical principles without just taking your TV and throwing away? Which, hey, you can do that too. Yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Or TV room. Or, yeah, or TV room. Um, so we have a few questions that we want to ask you guys to help you examine your heart and to make decisions that will keep you holy, obedient, and wise in uh, when it comes to media. Yeah, and it's something that makes your marriage feel secure and safe and your kids feel secure and safe. It's boundaries, putting up boundaries. It is. And 
yeah. And so we're going to talk about why we put up boundaries, how important this is. This is a really important and I, I would say pretty deep conversation today. So if you feel like it's like, oh, movies, like so what we're talking about, trust me, we're going to go a little bit to the deep end of the pool here in a minute. So um, so it isn't just about movies. It actually has nothing to do with movies. It has everything to do with with sin, with obedience, with love, with holiness. It has to do with your heart. With your heart. Yeah. So the first question that we are going to ask you is, are you entertained by what God hates? Hey, that's just still you. These are so. I know. Your notes. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just they're just, I'm just letting there be a pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> Come on, babe. <laughs> Are you entertained by what God hates? Um, you know, humor has such a good job. It like humor can literally mask and sanitize anything to somehow making it palatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it desensitizes you. It totally does. So, do you find joy in movies and shows that promote divorce or lying or stealing or adultery? Um, do you enjoy the suspense of horror movies or are you amused by death? Yeah. I Gross. personally am not. Me neither. Um, do you watch TV shows with nudity or sexual or explicit content? Yes. Which pretty much seems to be everywhere. I, you, I mean, you just can't get away from you it. You can't get away Especially from it. In modern television. In modern television, yeah. And that's why we don't watch hardly any modern television. Um, so, yeah. You know, personally, this is, you know, guys speaking to the guys here, I would say I have a pretty high tolerance for violence. Um, I have a high tolerance for even some bad language. Um, I have come over the years to have zero tolerance for nudity. And the reason is because the violence, uh, it's make-believe. The bad language, it's being acted out. Well, and generally, the movies that you watch that are violent or have bad language in them are like military historical movies. War movies. And war movies, yeah. They're like yeah. showing things like that. And not like, I'm going to go murder this dude in the back alley. Like, yeah. I'm not into that kind of stuff. But but um, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, the, the reason is that the violence is make-believe. And that's why I can have that high tolerance. The bad language is, again, it's being acted out. But the the lady is actually naked. And I'm actually watching. And so that's the problem, is that that is very real. And so the other things aren't real, that is real. And so there's a bit of a difference between those two things. Um, you know, some of the ladies probably aren't as comfortable with the violence or the gore in terms of a, a military movie like Saving Private Ryan or something. Mm-hmm. Um, or even sometimes with the language mm-hmm. uh, of those things. Again, and, and some guys might not be either. That's just my personal thing. But I draw the line on that. And um, and that seems to be a, a, a big conversation between a lot of families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't generally mind you watching those kinds of things. I'm very sensitive to any type of <laughs> killing or excessive lewd language. In yeah. I, I'm just very sensitive to that. Well, and we have so to I re- just don't watch it at we all. We have to remember God made men differently than women. And this is one of those examples. There's a reason that men can go to war uh, week after week, month after month, seeing people die, being killed, and still wake up the next day and do it again. Women aren't designed to do that. And the same thing plays out when you're in a war movie. So yeah, don't expect your wife to go and just watch a war movie. I know some women can. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I I don't know any man who walks away from a horrific, like a horror movie, vulgar or sexually explicit film um, and is more godly because of it. It, it, that's not what happens. It doesn't make you more like God if you're entertained by horror um, or by sexually explicit content or drug use or like some of these like really gross stuff. It doesn't make you more godly. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you know, what, what's really happened is these, these movies that have this explicit content, it's desensitizing you to sin. It's making you kind of comfortable with it. Uh, it's, it's, it's more common, you know, and, uh, it also deadens our capacity for joy. And I thought this was, an, I was doing some research on this and it was John Piper that said that line, it deadens your capacity for joy. And I thought, Ooh, that that's really good because that's true. If you imagine somebody who watches this kind of stuff, that just fills their mind with this filth. It, it, it really t- steals away your ability to be joyful. Um, you start framing up a worldview uh, that's just a little bit gross. And they, they literally steal away, these movies will steal away the thing that makes you so attractive to an onlooking world, which is joy and hope. Um, and you start watching enough of this stuff and filling your head and heart with enough of this stuff, and it actually strips away the thing that God actually puts upon us to make us attractive to the lost. Um, and so uh, I'm going to put it bluntly. Um, the only nude woman's body that a man should be looking at is the man, or is that of his wife's. And so, if you see now, there's a difference. I know sometimes you guys are watching a movie together and you've never seen it before, and a nude scene pops up. Okay, men, it's your job to immediately, if you can, click, click stop or click pause, fast forward to that scene, make a distinction. Are we going to keep watching this? Is it likely this is going to be continuing on in the movie, or is this maybe just a one-off thing? You know, you're going to have to make a decision, or you just turn it off. Um, it's not that big of a deal just to just turn the movie off to make your wife feel comfortable. And trust me, guys, I failed here before. You know, we, we've this is a journey for a lot of families and a lot of couples to figure out where's that threshold. And I've been convicted just going, okay, no, just, just turn it off or talk to your wife. Hey, do you want to, do you want to fast forward through this and see if we can watch the rest of this movie? Uh, leave it up to her, especially in these moments, because movies are generally tailored toward the lust of the man's eye and not the woman's eye. And so it's a naked woman. Um, it's not necessarily naked men, which again, in my experience and understanding of women, they're not real excited about that anyways. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm going to read Matthew 27 through 28. Um, it says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, this is Jesus talking, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Okay, guys, the guy who guards his eyes shields his heart. And so you just have to recognize that your eyes are a gateway to your heart. And, and, and when these things pop up, you, you got to work on guarding your eyes and shielding them. Um, even when you walk around town, when you are on social media, whatever it is, guard your eyes because they are a gateway to your heart. Um, and if you're going to cheat with your eyes, um, you know what? It's just not too far behind that you'll cheat with your body. I've seen that. That's the guys that look at porn. Oh, you'll cheat with your eyes and you cheat with your heart. Oh, you'll cheat with your body at some point too. Hey, Dale Partridge here. You may not know, but Real Christianity is actually an audio ministry under our nonprofit organization, relearnchurch.org. Our mission at Relearn Church is to bring the church back to the Bible. And secondly, to relearn what it means to be the church in the world. Now, we do this in two ways. The first is we offer a library of biblical articles and sermons, as well as a variety of podcasts and videos completely free to the public. Secondly, we 
we offer seminary-grade curriculum and workshops to train Christians on how to plant biblical house churches and missional communities. As of now, we need your help to meet the demands of our annual budget. If our work or this podcast has been impactful in your life, would you prayerfully consider supporting Relearn Church financially? From $10 per month and up, every little bit helps. If this interests you, you can make a tax-deductible donation at relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your consideration. And so, um, you know, there's a quote by, um, uh, oh my gosh, I always forget the guy that made this quote. It's not Chuck Colson. Anyways, he says, adultery starts in the head before it occurs in the bed. And this is, the, again, you're watching shows, you can commit adultery just with that woman that's in that movie. So we want to guard against those things. Cool. Next question to ask yourself while watching a movie or show, whatever it is. Will this movie or show make you more like Christ? Now, you might be thinking, what movie or show will? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Especially, in, like I said earlier, to, in today's um, culture. But is it wholesome? Is it clean humor? Yeah. There's few of those out there. There are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there are, there are, they are out there. Um, does it teach you history, or is the story just fun and moral and exciting? Um, if so, then watch it. Yeah, again, I think of like Lord of the Rings, you know, like uh, it's one of those things is fun, you know, you know, um, mm. you know, cool, exciting narrative. And sure, there's some rough stuff in there that might not be appropriate for a kid, but for maybe a, a, a teenager is fine. Um, or I think about Lincoln, right, for the, the movie Lincoln. Um, you know, that, I thought that was great. It's some great history in there, some understanding. Um and uh, there's an HBO series on called John Adams. There's some good stuff on the history side, uh, you know, stuff about World War II. Um, and there's some things about clean humor, and those, those things exist too. Uh, and we try to find those things as much as we can for our kids, which are very rare to find. Um, <clears throat> there's really two positions in the church, and I'm going to share them, and I want you to identify with which one you generally partake in. And the first position is minimal holiness. And what, what that's saying is, what's the minimum, of a, minimum amount of personal holiness I need to get into heaven? Mm. And that is actually, sadly, and again, I know that it's not of works, but in terms of like, what's the minimum way that I can walk to stay righteous and not be sinning uh, mm. against God? It's like when you're talking to a young couple who's struggling with staying pure. They're like, okay, well, like, what can we do? How close can we yeah. get to the what canyon? What can we do uh, before <laughs> sinning? Yeah. Like you're asking yourself the wrong question. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. It's it's how close can we get to the canyon without falling in? It's a bad... Can I stick my foot over it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just hanging over there. I won't fall. I mean, fall. I haven't fallen in, but it's over there. Yeah, and so this is, this is, again, the minimal holiness position. And sadly, a lot of the church adopts this. And when questionable activities, the way that it's shown is that when questionable activities, movies, uh, yeah, you know, should we go over, you know, we're dating, we're not married yet, should we go over and hang out at your house by ourselves? You know, questionable activities arise, they ask, what's wrong with it? Like, what's wrong with it? Right? Mm -hmm. Like, in reality, it's just watching a movie, right? What's wrong with it? Mm -hmm. 
right? And, and you know, maybe it's with modesty. Oh, what's wrong with it, right? Like, that's the posture that they're taking. It's a posture, of, again, of wanting to know how close you can get to sin without sinning. And um, the, the second category, which I, I hope that we all are, are aiming for this category, is the maximum holiness side. And this is not asking um, what's wrong with it, but instead asking, will this make us more like Christ? Mm. Will this movie, this activity, um, this dress, this outfit, this, this job, whatever it is, make me more like Christ? Um, will it protect and edify my, my wife or husband and edify even my brothers and sisters in Christ, my children even? Will it help me lay up treasures in heaven? Will it help me be more discerning of what is evil and what is good? Um, these are good questions to evaluate. Will it put my holiness in, uh, or my spirit in danger? Like, will I injure my soul? Um, will it help me love people more? These are really qu good questions that we need to be asking about opportunities. And so uh, a guy named Jeff Abbott, he was a mentor of mine what, maybe 10 years ago. He told me once, he said, do you remember Jeff? Mm -hmm. He said, um, maturity is putting a process between opportunity and decision. And you have an opportunity. Um, I can go do these things, this thing. And then you have a process between that opportunity and making a decision if you're going to do those things. And that's what I'm saying here. You get some questions. Is this activity going to make me more like Christ? Is it going to protect my wife uh, or, or husband in this matter? You know, it, And this applies just to so many areas of oh, life, not just what movie you're watching. Totally. Um, yeah, how much time you're spending on social media, what type of music you're listening to. And a lot of you guys, um, you know, love a certain type of music that, again, just the lyrics are terrible. You know, and we've even had this in our marriage. You know, Veronica grew oh. up in the hood and, um, and, you know, just cleaning out some of those things that we just listened to as kids. Well, or even before we had kids. I mean, we we're Christians before we had kids, but I'd say very lukewarm in certain areas. And there have been times even since having kids where I'm like, when I am out and I don't have the kids and I'm just like, I haven't listened to this album in years. I'm going to put it on because it takes me back and like. 30 seconds in, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is horrible. And I have to like turn it off because I can't tolerate that anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. terrible. I, we just did this a couple of days ago. We turned on Home Alone. Okay. Two oh, years. This is with our kid, without our kids. Without our kids. Us. This is, yeah, me and Veronica and a friend. And we're sitting there. We turned on Home Alone and we watched this two years ago, no problem, just Veronica and I. But we watched it and I just go, man. And, it, and not because it's like, offensive to us. I mean, it, it's just, uh, I don't want to say offensive. Not that it's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to sin because I'm watching this. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm going, look at these children, the way that they're speaking to each other. I, think we, I don't even think we got past the first scene. I, I just go, wow, I'm just, this is filth. I don't need to have any of this involved in my heart and brain. And I, it is hard kind of becoming separate from the world um, because you go, oh man, I can't do, I can't watch that. Um, sin and love are the exact opposites. And I want to explain this. Love is benefiting others at the expense of yourself. Sacrifice. Sin is benefiting yourself at the expense of others. They are exactly the opposite. And so 
you know, in decisions with your wife or your husband or the decision you're going to make about watching this show or being entertained by these things, you know what? There's sacrifice involved. Our flesh loves this stuff. It's filth. Mm -hmm. And so you just got to really put up some good boundaries to protect your heart. Third question. Do you want to be holy like God is holy? Mm -hmm. I'm going to read a scripture. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the Father, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does, who does the will of God abides forever. Mm-hmm. So what is the world? When this verse is referring to the world, what is the world? Yeah, this is a good question because yeah, it's talking about don't love the world. Well, what is the world? Is it is it like um, the flowers? Because is that part of the world? Is it you know the house that you own? Is that part of the world? No, the world is anything that presents itself against the will of God. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think pretty much everything that comes out of Hollywood generally does. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the love of things in the world and the love of God are incompatible. They just don't work. Yeah, you have to realize that. Like that, what it's saying there is, says, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's saying that the love of things and movies and worldly things that stand against God's will and the love of God are incompatible. They don't work together. Like they, they just they just can't be a part of the Christian life. Um. And, uh, and by the way, people, if you guys are listening, Veronica is going to answer a question about our kids here later. So some of you moms that are probably wondering like, oh, like, what do we do with our kids on this topic? She's going to hit that answer here in a bit. Um, and so the word holy, this is a, this is a big word. What does it mean? Set apart. Set apart. Yeah. Different. Different. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to be, it actually in, in Hebrew, the word means, um, to cut away, to cut away from, and so to, to be separate. And so if you read the Old Testament, you'll actually see so many examples of God calling his people to be holy, to be separate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they literally, they work different schedules, they live differently, they, they eat differently, they dress differently. They have all these ways of making themselves look different than the other nations. And um, Christians are called to be holy too. Uh, in the New Testament, it says, yeah, you know, for God is holy. You know, you need to be holy. Be holy as God is holy. And God doesn't give us commandments that we can't fulfill. So we need to be holy. And that means that we get to work differently. That means that we get to dress differently. That means that we get to um, manage our food differently. That means that we get to make watch different shows and, and look at media entertainment differently. We're constantly trying to look like a peculiar people. And if you live in the world and love that stuff, it's evidence that you don't love God. You know, that that's really what's going on. Um, and so we get to look and watch things that are different. Um, why don't you read this this scripture right here? And um, I messed up our notes here, but that's fine. Yeah, because this is, this is, you love Philippians, and I think you'll be able to talk on this. 
Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Yeah, so I just, you know, if you're a Christian who's watching sin-filled shows and movies and media, um, you're either denying the Holy Spirit uh, and sinning, or you're not a Christian and sinning. And so we, we have to evaluate, like, am I entertained by this stuff? You know, uh, which is, again, the first questions. I'm going to go over them again. Are you entertained by what God hates? Will this movie or show or media or song make you more like Christ? Um, and then the third question that we just went over here is, um, do you want to be holy like, like God is holy? So the next scripture. Yeah, we got a lot of scriptures here, and then okay. and then we'll we'll move on here to some next scripture, Titus two, eleven through twelve, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Christians are really comfortable with sin, <laughs> um, when they don't understand how holy God is. Yeah, it, th like this is a really interesting point. Like we're. The reason yep. we're okay with it is that because we think that God might be okay with it. Yeah, we project our fallen nature onto God and make him like us. And newsflash, God is never going to be like us. No, yeah. <laughs> it's a form of self-medication. It is. And, you know, this idea of self-medication is that you're, you're trying to make yourself feel better about how gross you are. Mm. You know, and mm -hmm. so you're medicating by saying, like, you know, pro projecting that, like, God might be okay with a little bit of this stuff. Like, uh, you know, it's not that big of a deal, right? It's not that big of a deal. Like, what's wrong with it? Again, we talked about that. God is holy. Yeah. He's I, a holy God, and he is okay with zero sin. Zero sin. Yeah. And so, I, again, I just, I think it's a good statement that she made, is that Christians are comfortable in, with sin. Christians are, I guess, who are comfortable with sin, just don't understand how holy God is. And I think we have to just, you know, look at that um, and understand, you know, really who, who God is, who Christ is, what he calls us to walk like, how he calls us to be. Um, so the big question that we want you guys to evaluate um, is, do you want to be entertained by things that Jesus came here to die for? Hmm. And examine your life. Do you need to cleanse out some stuff? Purge. Purge. We've done it. I feel like we do it every year. We just did it a couple days ago with Home Alone. We're just like, oh, dang it, that's gone now too. It's as as you become more like Christ, the the love and, and the, of the things in the world, that the desire for these things just goes away. And if it's not going away, you need to seek the Lord and you need to seek the Word. And it's because you're not being sanctified. And ask yourself if you've made an idol out of it. Yeah, yeah. If it's filling something. In your life, that only God should be doing, and so um, you know, don't ask. We can watch it because it's got a certain rating. I just watched a G-rated movie a couple days ago that had a terrible immoral theme underlying it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's I, it's a kids' movie. Yeah, and we try to watch, you know, movies if we can before the kids do, right? Yeah. I mean, this is something, like, if we're going to let our kids watch them, I want to watch it first. There have been times where we don't, but um, I guess I'll answer this in the question later. Yeah, but it's just one of those things that we we uh, we try to do. But um, 
it's about asking yourself, is the content going to desensitize me? Is it going to deaden my joy? Is it going to make me uh, less like Christ? Again, these are questions that I want you guys to ask yourself. And the last point is just men, if your wife is uncomfortable with you watching something, uh, I've made this mistake. Uh, I'm sure many of you are listening and have made this mistake. If your wife is uncomfortable with something that you've watched or watch or are watching and she asks you or she makes it evident that she's uncomfortable, just turn it off. Just turn it off. You want to, Christ says or in Ephesians, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Just give yourself up for her. Like, just go, okay, you know what? Cool, I won't watch that. Do you really care about that show and that scene more than you care about your wife? I hope not. And so just, just let it go. Have a fight and have a big argument because of it. Like, yeah. is it worth it? And if it is illogical, turn it off. Have a very quiet and gentle conversation about it. Hear her heart. Talk to her about those things. And possibly she's misinterpreting this. And then you can walk through it and go back and watch that show if it's not what she thought it was. And so um, those are just some points. So we got a question. Veronica's going to hit it. Oh, She's done yawning. Yes. <laughs> um, so the question we got is, how much TV and media do you allow your kids to watch per week? Well, <laughs> this year, as you guys have, as you guys know, has been insane. We've been sick a lot this year. Um, you know, there's when we, we had a fever in our house for 21 days and. We were all sick and Terrible. vomiting and colds and our son has asthma and I had Lyme disease and miscarriage. And so there was a lot of seasons this year where we've been sick. And so our kids have actually been watching way more TV or movies than than I would like. Yeah. Um, but ideally, it's, I mean, maybe a show a day. But there have also been... Uh, long seasons where our kids will go weeks without watching anything. Yeah. Um, but right now, I think we're still trying to get our. Uh, I feel like we're just coming up for air. Yeah, get our <laughs> pace back. We've been drowning for so long with just trials. Um, I feel like we're just coming back up for air, and so there'll be like, you know, a thirty-minute slot of time during the day where I'll let the kids watch something, so um, I can catch up on things that I've been putting aside for so long and they're just, you know, starting to add up and build up. Um, and then let me see. Um, another thing that I was going to mention earlier when Dale brought it up with this movie that he watched, um, we're also absolutely not afraid to turn something off in the middle of our kids watching it. Yeah. If there's something that is on and we see something or hear something that we're just like, Hey, like that's, that's not right. Um, we'll shut it off right then and there. And sure, they'll fuss and why? Why'd you do that, mom? Um, and I'll just tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in those moments, then I'll just change it to something that I know for a fact that we don't um, have an issue with. Um, and then something else that a a friend of ours, mentor figure of ours, uh, mentioned once is we're training our children's appetites. So if we're constantly watching TV, you're training your child to have an appetite for that. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're, tr- if you're constantly reading books, you're, tra- you're training your child to have an appetite for more books. literature and more reading. And um, So that's just another thing to keep in mind. 
Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I as a dad, I sometimes notice things that maybe Veronica misses, and um, she notices things that are generally more on the sensitive side, and I'm noticing things more on like the underlying theme of of kids' movies, mm-hmm. and so. Now, every movie, every good movie has a plot. There's, you know, you've probably heard the book about seven basic plots. So there's, there's only so many plots that you can have. And uh, generally, even in a good movie with a heroic ending, or there, there's a plot of tragedy, there's a plot of trial, there's a plot of a problem. And those can be really bad, and those can be really okay, as long as the narrative of the show is actually redemptive. It's good. And so th- those are hard to find in most shows and they're also age appropriate so there's certain things that, that that yeah your your three-year-old can't watch that your nine-year-old can that your right you know 15 year old totally can yeah because there have been shows that we watch and we're just like okay like not yet our kids aren't ready for that yet yeah. they can watch that i don't know when their maturity level is to that level yeah. of what that movie shares or um shows but yeah and so this this is the the journey that you have to look for i also as a dad i look at the underlying themes as i said i'm so sensitive to this stuff i can discern Mm -hmm. if there is a sexuality agenda that's below it i can discern if there is a um uh, just a sense of uh, disobedient agenda below it. Mm-hmm. You know, the disobedient There's children. A lot of kids' movies. Yeah. Um, I can discern if there is some sort of gender uh, confusion agenda that's under it. And uh, there's a lot of these things that are happening in the movies today. We got to keep an eye on that stuff, on how it goes into your head. And again, if your kids, you know, watched it one time, they're probably not going to catch it. But if it becomes that movie that your kids watch a couple times a year and they start buying the things and singing the songs and all the whatever that stuff is, trust me, Satan is all up in this stuff. Okay. Like, just don't think that there's these like perfectly holy movies. Um, And so, uh, yeah, our kids, you know, they usually watch if we can, like, uh, what's the. I actually put um, on YouTube a lot. Um, There's. This What's that series? cartoon called The Beginner's Bible. Yeah, there you and go. And a lot of you guys probably have that little kid's Bible. It's mm-hmm. like a, they make Bibles, um, but it's called The Beginner's Bible. And it's just these cartoons of Jonah and the Big Fish or Noah's Ark or uh, the creation story, the birth of Jesus. It's just the, you know, the main yeah, Bible story, David and Goliath. Um, and there's some uh, other ones that like are made by Hanna Barbera, like that, which um, made like Scooby Doo and stuff. They're from like the '70s, and they're like cool. They're a little bit more intense. You got to watch them, but but like Bible stories, which we do a lot of those kind of things. If the kids are going to watch a show, yeah, it's so funny. We put that that on the other day, and in the introduction, there's like a three or four minute introduction of this guy talking. Oh, Char- Charleston Heston. Yeah, he's just <laughs> sitting there talking, like explaining the story before it goes into the cartoon part. And Arya's like, oh, mom, this guy just tells me all about the story and then the show's going to start. It's <laughs> just like so funny. How they... He's like 70 <laughs> telling the story. So yeah, so there's things like that. And our kids, yeah, we watch a lot of stuff from the 80s and 90s. Clifford. And Clifford. Although there's certain ones yeah. that I'll, I'll fast for our I'll skip the Bernstein show. Bears. Bernstein you know, Bears. You know, th- those are the things that we try but to, also to put up. Even with. watch those with um with a filter. Yeah. Because most of them are usually fine, but yeah. every now and then you'll come across one that you're just like, oh, okay, not about that. Yeah. So again, it just takes us being intentional and putting up these boundaries. And they are important because a lifetime without these boundaries will lead you into an appetite for things that are opposite of God. 
and a uh, lifetime with these boundaries will make you more holy and make you more separate. And by the way, we're the same way with books. Oh, yeah. We have lots of kids' books, and we have thrown away quite a few. There were multiple where Dale just, like, throws it straight in the fireplace. I totally have, yeah. Like, I'm like, like, wait. This book is garbage. Yeah. Throw it away. Yeah. And just don't be afraid to do that. Be, I mean, you have to be on guard for the hearts of your children and your own mind. Um, So, especially Because when they're young, you're, you're literally developing their conscience, their their uh, understanding, their moral compass. And so you got to yeah. be extra on guard when they're young. Who cares if you paid money for the book? Yeah. <laughs> get, get rid of it. Yeah, throw it away. Yeah, I've, I've bought movies for $20 to watch as a family and have been renting it or buying it for uh, on uh, Apple TV. And we're sitting there for eight minutes in. I go, okay, I'm not turning that off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, now what are we going to do? Because I just told the kids we're going to do a movie night. And so I have to go buy looking for something else, you know. But yeah. we do it just because we want to protect uh, their hearts. So um, again, guys, if you uh, get a chance, um, oh, you know what we didn't do? We didn't do the memory verse. Memory verse. Memory verse. And guys, I read a little bit ago. This is a, this is like a cornerstone verse. So I tried to have this memory verse. I, I tried memorizing it a while back and I like forgot about it, but it's yeah. a good one to have memorized, it's especially, I think I, for me, I needed to memorize it for like just the season of motherhood that I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Philippians 4, 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That is Philippians 4, 8. Yeah. So hopefully you guys can uh, get some memory down on that. Um couple things before we close. If you guys want to watch this video, um, if you're listening, if you're a regular listener to the show and you're just, uh, you know, done it always on Spotify or on iTunes, you guys can watch this. Just go to ultimatemarriage.com forward slash. Actually, I always say this. It's not forward slash. Just go to ultimatemarriage.com and then just go to the podcast page. That's the easiest way to get there. You can also just watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube there. Yeah. And you can subscribe on YouTube. But we have all the links and all the scripture and all the the one-liners that I try to gather from what we said in the show. Uh, They're all available there. Uh, you can also listen to the audio there as well. Download it. Whatever you want to do, you can share that with a friend. Um, and then again, would you guys consider leaving a review? Just going in right now to the iTunes app and just, uh, even right now as the show's going, just tap the stars if it's, you know, give us a, uh, whatever rating you, you, I hope it's a five star, but uh, give us a rating. And th- those, again, really help the exposure of the show. And then the last thing, again, we're going to mention is that if you want to be part of our six-week program, we're going to open this up. It's closed most of the year, but we're going to open it up in um, the beginning of the year sometime within the first couple months of the year. And we want it, we have a waiting list of people that are want to be in this next group. If you want to be in this next group, this awesome six-week program, these you know much longer in-depth conversations about theology of marriage and biblical roles and these kind of things, um, if you want to be involved, again, go to ultimatemarriage.com forward slash notify. Um, I think that's a, the end of the show today. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Okay, guys, we will see you next week on Ultimate Marriage. Take care. See ya. Hey, Dale Partridge here. I recently heard a disturbing statistic. Only 11% of Christians have read the entire Bible. Now, we can't wonder why the church is being influenced by the culture more than the culture is being influenced by the church. The vast majority of Christians don't know God's Word because they've never read it. We cannot live out what we do not understand. 
So Veronica and I want to challenge you right now to read the Bible in one year. We've put together a basic 365-day reading plan that'll take you no longer than 20 minutes per day, and you can download it for free at relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. Again, that's relearnchurch.org forward slash Bible. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Ultimate Marriage. But let's not end here. Join Veronica and I on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, where we post daily tips and lessons on how to build a biblical marriage. And for those of you looking for more, consider joining our six-week marriage mentor program, where we disciple couples on how to walk out the Bible's instruction for husbands and wives. You can find all that and more by visiting our website at ultimatemarriage.com. Ultimate Marriage is a listener-supported podcast and a companion ministry of relearnchurch.org. 